朋友们，大家好。Hello, friends. Welcome to Spiritual Wai Mai. 欢迎来到属灵外卖 ，delivering the spiritual food to you wherever you are. 无论你在何处，我们为你速递属天灵粮。This Spiritual Wai Mai article is a part of a series entitled "You Are God's Masterpiece: The Genesis Notes," studying the Book of Genesis to discover direction and hope for your awesome life. The first work and marriage, Genesis chapter two. The creation of the world was so magnificent. One telling of the story is not enough. In Genesis chapter two, we see the story of the creation of the world from a different angle. But before we move on to the second telling of the creation story, Genesis two gives us a grand and peaceful epilogue. To Genesis one, Genesis chapter two, verses one to three. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work He had been doing. So, on the seventh day, He rested from all His work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it He rested. From all the work of creating that he had done, God's creation was vast, and when God considered all He made, He rested in His good work and declared a holy pause. Then, after God's holy rest, we leap into a second account of the same story: formation of the earth. Genesis chapter two verses four to six. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not yet sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. This account of creation is a bit different from the first account, but similar. They work together. The second story may be more of an overview. Through this second telling, one thing is clear: the earth is not complete until God forms man. Formation of man. Genesis chapter two, verse seven. Then the Lord God formed man of dust from the ground. And breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Here we get some more details of how the first man was created. In this incredible moment, we see the physical world and the spiritual world coming together to bring human life, and it is clear that the spiritual is far superior to the physical. Man's physical body was made from the dust of the earth. In fact, Adam's name means dirt. Let us never become too proud of our own natural good looks or natural talent. Let's remember we came from dirt. What makes us truly special is the spiritual element, the breath of God. God's breath was far more impressive than the dirt. When God breathes into Adam. He becomes alive. God's breath brings life. 
Description of the Garden God created a verdant garden for Adam's home. Trees, animals, fruit, and rivers. Genesis chapter 2, verses 8 to 14. The Lord God planted a garden toward the east in Eden, and there he placed the man whom he had formed. Out of the ground the Lord caused to grow every tree that is pleasing to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now a river flowed out of Eden to to water the garden, and from there it divided and became four rivers. The name of the first is Pison. It flows around the whole land of Havilah, where where there is gold. The gold of that land is good. The bdellum and the onyx stones are there. The name of the second river is Gihon. It flows around the whole land of Cush. The name of the third river is Tigris. It flows east of Assyria. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. The Bible gives some interesting details of the river flowing through the garden. It flows from Eden to the garden, and the river branches into four different rivers. God curiously names all four rivers and meticulously records their names for us. Each of the names are Hebrew names, and each has a special meaning. The meaning of each alone is not particularly remarkable, but when the four river names are listed together, God paints a lovely picture of his vision and hope for this world. Pison means increase. Gihon means bursting forth. Tigris means rapid. Euphrates means fruitfulness. God wanted to water the garden and cause quick growth. Rivers would rapidly burst forth, bringing an increase of fruitfulness. When God created each plant, animal, and Adam, he put in them the ability to be fruitful, to increase, to rapidly burst forth. The things God created were all designed with amazing growth potential, including Adam. Every cell of every living organism God created was designed to grow. Recently, how have you been growing? Consider all aspects of your life, physical, spiritual, intellectual, professional, emotional, relational. Are there areas in which you would like to grow? How can you grow? Two trees. The four rivers were not the only items in the garden with significant names. At the center of the garden were two trees, the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. One tree led to life. One tree led to death. In Revelation, we learn more about the tree of life and the garden where it is planted. Interestingly, there is also a river flowing in this future garden. Revelation chapter 22, verses 1 to 3. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. 
and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. The other tree in Genesis 2 is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God simply said, do not eat the fruit. And God clearly stated the consequence, death. Man's Instructions With this luscious description of this very alive garden, God put his most precious living being in the garden. Note, God put Adam in the garden. Adam didn't go and find this place. Adam didn't stumble upon the garden. God specifically put him there. Twice in this chapter, it says God deliberately put Adam there. God had a purpose and a plan. Adam didn't randomly end up in the garden. This was a specific location, and God had a specific purpose for Adam in the garden. Genesis chapter 2, verses 15 to 20. Then the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. The Lord God commanded the man, saying, From any tree of the garden you may eat freely, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat from it you will surely die. Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the sky, and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called a living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all the cattle, and to the birds of the sky, and to every beast in the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper suitable for him. Where have you been put? Has God placed you somewhere special? A specific location, a specific job, a specific family, a specific community? Sometimes it is a place close to home. Sometimes it is on the other side of the world. In 2008, I prayed for God to lead me to his specific place for me. After wandering for several years, I was desperate for God to lead me to his chosen spot for me. I now know sometimes the wandering road leads us to his chosen spot. In May 2008, I came to China to visit a friend who knew I was in a wandering time of life. She said, come to China, bring your violin and visit the churches. So I took her advice. I packed my bag and violin, secured a plane ticket and a visa and was on my way. While in China, I prayed a simple yet specific prayer. God, if you have a job for me in China, please have someone offer me a job with a specific position. During my three weeks in China, I played my violin at an international fellowship where I met a German woman. She knew virtually nothing about me, yet asked if I would be interested in working with her in a new charity organization she and others were forming. She had no idea that the position and mission of the organization fit my training and work experience perfectly. Without any planning or forethought of my own, I never considered moving to China. God put me 
in the place he had prepared for me. Where has God placed you? Consider your location, community, work, ministry, mission, family. Has God put you in a specific place? Or do you feel like you are on a wandering road still on your way? Could you possibly be avoiding the place God has prepared for you? Time to work. Once Adam was put in this garden, it was time to get to work. God gave him four instructions. Number one, work in the garden. Number two, take care of the garden. Number three, name the animals. Number four, do not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, or you will die. Work is important. God gave Adam purpose, and he wanted Adam to participate in God's world. Adam wasn't supposed to just receive grown food. He had to work, too. Something special happens when you work. You become a part of taking care of something. You feel a sense of accomplishment, ownership, and satisfaction. Adam was not lazily enjoying the fruits in the garden. He had work to do. God calls us all to participate in His work on earth. We all have work to do. In the place where God has put you, how do you participate with Him in His work? What is God's purpose for you in your family, community, profession, or fellowship? Are you doing the things God has prepared for you to do? The Creativity of Man Adam's first important job from God was to name all of the animals. How thrilling! How creative! Elephant, giraffe, penguin, ladybug, eagle. God let Adam make the decisions. God wanted to see what Adam named them. God knew Adam would enjoy and successfully accomplish this job because Adam was made in the image of God. God is a creative God. God gave Adam the opportunity to activate his creativity in the garden. God could have named all the animals, but he allowed Adam to do it. As humans, God has given us his creative nature. We create computer programs, dinner recipes, spreadsheets, and interior design. We create music, paintings, architecture, and novels. We create city streets, websites, manufacturing components, and lesson plans. Humans continue to exercise our God-given creativity on a daily basis. Creative projects were not the only thing God gave Adam. He also gave Adam some boundaries. He could eat of every tree except one, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Man's Helper Genesis chapter 2 verses 21 to 25 So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man. And he brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. 
Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. From the beginning, humans needed companionship. God made it clear for Adam that having a dog by his side was not enough. He needed another human being, a woman, a helper. In Hebrew, the word for helper is ezer. What did God mean by giving Adam a helper? Someone to help take notes on all the different animal names? To better understand this word helper, or ezer, we can look at different places the word ezer is used in the Bible. Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 29. Blessed are you, Israel, who is like you, a people saved by the Lord. He is your shield and helper, Ezer, and your glorious sword. Your enemies will cower before you, and you will tread on their heights. Psalm 121, verse 2. My help, Ezer, comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. If God is an Ezer, an Ezer must be something very strong and powerful, a defender, protector, someone who is by your side, ready to fight for you and with you. So the companion for Adam was to be a helper, a shield, a defender, one to powerfully stand beside Adam and work with him. Upon seeing his new companion, Adam used his creative abilities and named her woman, and he immediately knew she was a part of him. What follows can be considered the first wedding. In fact, these verses are often spoken at weddings today. Marriage, a physical and spiritual relationship. The idea of the physical world and spiritual world coming together is beautifully demonstrated in the marriage relationship. When a man and woman come together in marriage, something physical and spiritual happens. In the physical act of becoming husband and wife, the spiritual also takes place. They become one flesh physically and spiritually. Once married, they are one person. Jesus himself quoted this verse from Genesis when talking about marriage. This is why the marriage relationship is so beautiful, precious, so unique, so important. Two separate people come together as one to serve together, live together, and enjoy God's good gifts together as one person. Conversely, this is why marital problems can be so painful and divorce so devastating. Divorce is like a death pulling apart two people who were once one person. Adam and his wife had a common purpose, mutually serving together in the garden, enjoying one another's companionship and the companionship of God. When the New Testament talks about Christian marriage, these verses in Genesis chapter 2 are often quoted. Jesus Christ quotes Genesis in Matthew chapter 19, as does Paul in Ephesians chapter 5. Jesus references Genesis when asked if divorce is okay. He says, What God has joined together, let no man separate. The passage in Ephesians begins by stating the husband and wife are to have a relationship of mutual submission. A perfect world with no shame. This chapter ends with an interesting statement. They were naked and they were not ashamed. 
This was a perfect place. The man and woman had purpose, a beautiful home, they had companionship, a God-ordained marriage, and they had no shame, no guilt, no sin, nothing to hide. This is the last verse before chapter 3. Chapter 3 is where everything changes. But for now, Adam and his wife are totally innocent and content in this garden God created for them. Thanks for having some spiritual limei with us. We hope that you liked it and that it fed your soul. And we hope you come back for some more. We love ya. 我们爱你哟。